everybody welcome to dine with the divine i'm ashley your host and today we're going to be talking about today and every day we talk about the mystical and magical and all that good stuff so on today's episode we're going to talk a little bit about some christian mystics and a medieval genius hi everybody i hope you're having a great week and if you're not i hope it gets much better so today we have a fabulous guest sarah Rast. Okay, I already messed it up. I just practiced it and I messed it up. Sarah, can you say your last name? Absolutely, yeah. My name is Sarah Swayson. Okay, thank you. Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm the worst person. No, no. You just told me I practiced it once or twice and then I was like, whoop, went right out my head. Okay. No, it's it's a tongue twister. It's a little... Yes. <laughs> I like it though. Sarah Strayson is a Slovene-American writer, Christian witch, and graduate of Emerson's College Popular Fiction and Publishing MFA program. She has short stories, nonfiction, and poems published across several online literary magazines. And her debut novel, The Glass Witch, explores the personal themes that mark her own life, struggles of cultural identity, religious misinterpretation, and self-determination. As a daughter of an immigrant raised with one foot in two worlds and a person drawn to all things mystical and strange, Sarah draws on her cultural heritage and religious experiences, blending them with the fantasy of her work. Her writing is an attempt to explain the world she sees, deliver the insight she gathers, and discover how all the world's pieces fit together. Okay, Sarah, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, one of the ways that I saw you on the internet and I saw your content is you talk a lot about being a Christian witch, and that's something that I think a lot of people either will be like that's not a thing or they'll say what um yeah what? yeah <laughs> and i know like when i was so when i was younger i was like i feel like you and i are on a similar wavelength and i've said this a million times here i really love everything religious anything mystical so i always was like okay like i i'm not like super catholic but i also like enjoy this so i remember reading a lot about oh could i be a christian which i didn't end up connecting so much to it but i liked reading a lot about people who were experiencing it and this is like going back i'm old so this is going back to when i was like a teenager like 20 years ago and you could find no information like very little information on the internet about this and there was like one book by a lady i think she's a canadian woman who wrote a book and i read that book it's the path of the christian yep. which i think it's yeah okay very yeah. popular one yeah okay yeah i read that book and i was like okay cool but that was like the only book and there's this other lady one website that was like a million years old i think it was like on a zanga server or something and she was like talking about how to astral travel but she, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool because she likes Jesus, but she astral travels. So this was always something that was in my head for a long time, especially when I was a teenager, because I was like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't know. But I love that now I was like, oh, I've seen you and a few other people talk about it. That's so cool. Look, they're bringing that for people who want to explore that side. And I find that anyway, I'm talking too much. I'm going to talk to you now. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's what? a mood though it's a mood i do the same thing i'm like oh wait a minute i'm like this is not about me so what brought you to this path that's my first main question 
Yeah. Honestly, as a kid, my... So, for one thing, right, again, my mom is from Europe, and there's a lot of really fun folk tales and all this stuff, but she herself has always been... Like, I remember growing up, we had Amy Brown, like, watercolor fairies, and she had all the little statues of, like, woodland creatures and angels <laughs> and this and that. And then my dad was also super imaginative, super fun, adventurous, and it just developed me into being, like, a really weird kid who liked really <laughs> weird things. And I remember being a kid watching Naruto, seeing them, like, yeah. do all this fancy ninja stuff. I was like, this is cool. So I'm, like, 10, and I'm going around trying to Google how to do Naruto chakra hand signs. <laughs> <laughs> like goofy things like this and eventually somehow one or another i stumble across like spellsofmagic.com and you can't tell a 10 year old that she can make spells to speed up time and change the weather you this has no, just that's unlo- all we're gonna do now oh yeah <laughs> i had a notebook i was like i'm the most powerful wizard in the world but, like it was it was a lot <laughs> but just the concept that like magic could be a thing that is possible in the real world like delighted me then I found Wicca, and while it was fun and cool, I something about it just had me like, I don't like this. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? it's like, what do you mean the goddess like gives birth to the god and then the god dies and then she like reaper like that? I don't know. For some reason, that connected like zero percent. So mm-hmm. I was like, I but I like God though. Like God's pretty cool. So I remember at one point, <laughs> like God's cool. He, I've known him my whole life. I feel I don't really see what his problem is with this. So I literally I remember one day like praying and being like. Why do you have an issue with people using basil to heal somebody? Like that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. One eventually my answer was all of a sudden I kept stumbling upon every single possible idea, translations of the Bible this and up and down, where God's basically saying to me, like, I don't have a problem with it. Y'all are just a mess. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. But yeah, so this was I think about 10, 12 years ago now, maybe. Mm-hmm. How old am I? Jesus. Yeah, about like 12, 14 years ago. Where I was like okay, how do I learn about this? But of course, as you said, there's no resources on it. There was no books. There was no nothing. I found a couple that were like, basically just memoir. It's like, Mm -hmm. great, that's cool. And this is actually why, not to shameless plug, but this is why a friend of mine, a friend of mine (laughs) and I, we are working together on a comprehensive, like introductory book to Christian witchcraft that's going to release March 1st of 2024. And that's okay. where, the th- for me, it's what I was missing, which is like the scholarship, that biblical yeah. scholarship, the cultural knowledge, like the understanding. Because as time went on, I started to realize, oh, you can't operate religion without magic. Like that's, like, yeah. Yeah, that's what religion is. It's like bootleg therapy and state-ordained magic. What do you mean? <laughs> so I was like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> as I kept researching, I kept, a lot of the times I was also very concerned with social justice too. I started realizing that the world is messed up as a teen and I was like, hold on. So anytime someone <laughs> mentioned like God, I got the ick because they were usually people who were like yeah. really awful people. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, don't talk about God when you are doing like using God's name to do all this stuff and support these policies that hurt people. Like, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it went hand in hand, like this whole social justice, like religion, magic being a way to get that autonomy and that personal agency back and it was a big hodgepodge of stuff i remember as a teen being really interested more in the crystals and the spells and the aesthetic and now that i'm older it's very much no tell me about what paul really said about women because it wasn't any of the shit y'all say it is (laughs) so it's sorry for my language but no you can curse as much you want good good (laughs) because i was like i can't express my frustration about people's mistranslations of paul with that but so now it's like i'm at the point where i call myself a christian witch very much as a political misnomer. I can tell mm-hmm. who someone is by how they react to that. If they start throwing the whole book at me and going wild, then I'm like, okay, you're not ready. 
you're not yeah. ready to have this conversation. But mm. if they're curious and they're open about it, I'm like, okay, cool. I can maybe explain to this person like a little bit of what I do and they won't like totally flip out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's and I was talking about this with one of our other guests. She's a pastor, but she's also like very into social justice and different things and she's very progressive. But we were talking about there was because of control issues, right? There's been a very big shift from Jesus time when people were mixed up in the spiritual actual part of it mm. what this means and like how can I be a better person and live a better life and now because of control and colonialism and all this other bullshit people have now used Christianity basically only a way to suppress people and it and then everybody thinks it's only about rules everything right. is about rule I, I can't and it's, we don't even say this just for Christianity, but we can say this for the major religions. Islam too, a big mm -hmm. thing, right? It's all about control and like this and that. When originally Islam was super progressive when it came to women, it was super like, do whatever you want. Oh, actually, if somebody else, if you meet somebody and you tell them about Islam, they don't want to be a Muslim, that's no problem. That's right. literally yeah. it's not a big deal. But people changed interpretations and different things to make it now about a control issue and I think it's sad because all of these paths no matter what you think of them all of these paths were meant to enlighten people and give them a freedom for their life to make them feel better and not to make everybody around them sad so I think it's interesting the way that you look at things because I feel like that's the way it was supposed to be yeah, and this is yeah. where it's very it's very frustrating for me and other people in my community because right away you can tell that the biblical literacy a lot of these Christians have is atrocious. Hello. Oh god, it's so bad. I don't know because they don't really read it cover to cover. They just they have those little Bibles for women that are like goosebumps pick your own adventure and you just yeah. kind of you like you just oh, today's John, tomorrow's Exodus. Yes. And you're just like what? What are we doing? So, I don't know. I also notice a lot of people seem to join this religion because they think it already backs up the stupid things they believe. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm already like super hardcore anti-people. So this religion <laughs> is great. And I'm like, wow, how did you? Okay, interesting. <laughs> so I've like, lost friendships because of that. Not because they don't like I do witch stuff, but because I don't like that they're using the name of my God to justify awful things. And I'm yeah. like, hey, have you read this fucking thing? Because what do you mean? <laughs> so I don't know, but... All that aside, yeah, for me, it's that's why I say Christian witch is a very political term because it's there's a line in the Bible, I believe it's in First Corinthians one twenty seven, I think, where Paul is the wise are ashamed by the fools, right? Like mm -hmm. he's the weak to shame the strong and the fools to shame the wise. And I'm like, this is the era of the witch shaming the priest, right? This mm -hmm. is of the fringe shaming the establishment because this has become such a mess and. Yeah, all these things about control that were never meant to be there. I'm reading, I'm in a chaplaincy cohort with the Order of St. Hildegard. Mm -hmm. A lot of the work we do is discovering all of these different parts of Christianity that have been suppressed, things that were never put in the canonical gospels, all these other yeah. things, how it like lines up socially. Oh, we just wrote a book called Jesus and John Wayne that like I had to take several breaks because my blood pressure was through the roof every <laughs> like 20 pages because it details how this like super mega evangelical nightmare like started. Mm how it got us to where we are so it's so painful and so for us it's really about a personal relationship with god understanding those esoteric mysteries building ourselves as people because that's what as you said that's what religion's meant to do is yeah. empower find some freedom not worry so much about things that are out of your control again it's like a it's like a therapy dupe you understand now why it is <laughs> 
people didn't have therapists. They had they go to church and have be told nice things for a little yeah. bit. That's what it was. The fact that it's been used the way it's been used is ridiculous. And we're trying to bring God's name out of whatever mud pile it got stuck in. <laughs> so- oh my God. I love that. Jesus and John Wayne. I'm definitely going to put a link to that in the show notes because I would love to read that book. It's just it's a lot. It's I'm a lot. sure. <laughs> you know what? And I think... And I, you can probably understand this too. But so my my dad is from Ghana, and my mom is from England, but her whole family is from Jamaica. These are two places that were colonized by the British, mm. and I think sometimes, like the especially West Africans, the way they have a like the way that they put Christianity on them to make them now think that like everything before that was bad. It's just, and the way that nobody like seems to notice, it's insane to me. I'm just like, because yeah. they'll, like, they'll be like, we have to prosecute these quote unquote witches before these people were the people you went to when you had a problem. But now they're bad people. And I'm like, so are you guys saying that my, all my great, great grandparents were bad people? Because I don't seem to, th- I mean, I think they were fine then. Like, <laughs> I, know, like I don't think anybody right? had a problem. Uh, no. <laughs> I think it was okay. But I'm like, and I don't have a problem with everybody. If you want to be Christian and you want to shout Jesus' name every Sunday, go ahead. That's not a problem. But the way that sometimes, especially in many places around the world, where which pretty much every place because every place had an indigenous belief before christianity or whatever was so indoctrinated and the way that they made these people who indoctrinated us made us all hate other things that were like are a part of our past is insane Mm. and it's like nobody notices (laughs) yeah this is this is where it's so crazy we could see this more in the modern times like in places like ghana like latin america where Mm. thank god like a lot of people have still held on to their indigenous things and they've hidden it under stuff Mm. europe's in a situation where we're talking back in the roman empire that this was happening so at this point Yeah. yeah and so it's like a lot of people literally don't understand that christianity is not native to this continent. <laughs> so they'll be acting like, ha, huh, my family was never pagan. I'm like, Jimmy, you are Serbian. I know. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> so it's all these things. And I don't know, you get a lot of, again, lack of historical education with mm-hmm. people not realizing that it's not that Christians stole things from cultures, but it's that syncretism. Things, they mesh together. Cultures try to preserve stuff. Like Italian folk magic is very much roman polytheism blended with catholic faith it's so very clear but they won't say that there's a lot of people that even though they're very obviously doing magic they still won't use the word witch because it meant like a bad thing for slovenia we have we have the word terovnica which is like an actual sorceress witch and we have dracharica which is like a folk healer and so up to the 1960s people were accusing each other of witchcraft and so it was like Yugoslavia, like it was communist Yugoslavia. And there was this mm-hmm. case brought to the judge for slander because this lady was like, this guy will not shut his goddamn mouth. <laughs> and so everyone was like, are you seriously accusing this lady of witchcraft in 1960, whatever? <laughs> and the guy was like, my crops are dead and it's her fault. And so it was like, it's still going with this. And they just don't understand that there's different kinds of magic that like yes. your, your crops might have just died because the weather sucks. But that was trying to say stuff. It's old school, like Slovenian folklore folk magic there's all these folk figures and that's where one place where you can find a lot of like cultural old stuff is like in the folk tales so mm. like we have like goldhorn right he's the king of white fairies he's a goat with golden horns yeah. and there's a big story but he's definitely much a minor god like in mm-hmm. so that's why it's like 
You guys, you have statues of this goat, but you don't understand that this is obviously a pagan culture. I know. <laughs> That's just like my tribe in, where we're from in Ghana is we have a whole story about a golden stool that falls from the sky mm-hmm. and that encompasses all of our souls. And if anybody takes it, like we're gonna, we started a whole war about this. Like we, there's literally literature like the british we started a whole war with them our queen mother had to get involved it was a serious issue but then we're like yeah but we don't believe in any of that magic stuff i'm like what art my soul is apparently in a golden stool but we don't believe that fell from the sky but we don't believe in it okay cool no well, problem yeah. uh, have you ever, first of all the second have you ever noticed how christians take for granted the ridiculousness of all theism yeah it'll be like like i've seen so many of them be like the Greek gods are just myths. They're just stories. But let me tell you about how Jonah sat in the belly of a fish for three days. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> and like most, I can never say this right. Methuselah was Meth- 900 years old and it's not a big deal. I'm like, it's not. Are you <laughs> sure? Yeah. What do you, so I, mean, I remember reading records from Julian, the apostate, the emperor of Rome, who 2000 years ago was like, we understand that our mythology is mythology. Why do you guys insist that everything that happened in your text is literal and like totally factual? <laughs> like, I'm <saying>. so it, <laughs> but so yeah, they'll take for granted the fact that believing in a, an invisible entity that controls all of the universe is pretty crazy, no matter which religion it comes from. <laughs> what do you mean? So when people are like, we don't believe in magic and stuff, and then they're like telling these kinds of stories, and they're also like going to church and doing the lay on hands and exorcisms. Hello? Yeah, I'm just sitting here on my way. I had someone on my Patreon recently. They popped on and they said, Oh my God, I grew up in a charismatic church and I just realized that everything we were doing was magic. And I'm like, congratulations, you did it. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, yep. No, but you get told that, no, it's gifts of the spirits. And so you don't know until you actually look at what modern witchcraft is. And Mm -hmm. you realize, wait, there are some pretty direct parallels. But you'll never discover that if you just stay like on this kind of very charismatic evangelical side, because no one's going to admit that it's magic. Exactly. (laughs) Which you're like, I just, and then you watch, like you said, these charismatic churches, there's one guy, I mean, I know he's faking it, but it's funny. Like, <laughs> there's this one guy, and I'm, like, slightly obsessed. I'm, I'm not obsessed, but it's, like, one of my weird things that I go down a rabbit hole every month is, like, finding out how much pastors make, because I love that. So I went, <laughs> yeah. I love finding out you make a million dollars a month for no reason, but that's okay, and your church does nothing for the community. It's fine. But Oh, my God. I know, so it's fine. But there's this guy in South Africa And he's a pastor and he has one of these churches. He's doing all these miracles and it's just funny. And like he gets these quote unquote witches who come in and then they confess and then everybody's, oh my God. And then he throws them to the ground with this magical force in his hand. And I'm just like, what is happening? And they're like, oh, he healed her. He's just a, he's just a messenger of the Lord. And another thing, sorry, it just popped into my head. I like briefly dated this guy. He was completely insane. I'm so glad he's gone. But he he had come over my, (laughs) he's completely insane. So glad. I think he's in another country. Thank God. He came to my house one time and he saw, have all these books about like tarot and different spiritual stuff. And he was like, oh my God, what are you into? And I was like, I don't know. I read cards sometimes and that's cool. And I do other stuff and I like help people. 
Like, so, oh my god, yeah. So he's, oh my god, it's so bad. Meanwhile, he somehow, this is why I say it's crazy. I'm pretty sure he stole some type of picture or took a picture of me, took it to the prophet, quote, in his church, who told him all these things about me. And I was like, and they were true. So I was like, pardon? So I'm a weird, crazy person because I read cards, but you're taking my picture to a prophet who's telling you about my family history that you don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's very weird. much it's very much a rules for the not for me kind of situation. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, hold on, wait. So this guy can just like deceive this guy can get messages from God. And that's fine. But I get messages from God and I use my cool cardstock with pictures on them. And now we're all upset. Like the amount of people who have been like, these tarot cards are portals of demonic. And I'm like, it is a picture on a cardstock. Have you ever read a book? Is is solitaire like not a thing in your house? Is game night canceled? Because I could take your deck of playing cards and do the same thing. So what are you talking about? Oh, and again, proof that people, they're... I don't know. I've had people say, you can't read the Bible the way you are with like all the magic stuff because then you'll read it wrong. I'm like, okay, so Leviticus 14, where we're like killing birds and dipping them in blood and sprinkling them around. I'm just supposed to read that as like a Tuesday? That's just pharmaceutical? What do you mean? So I don't know. These people, I'm always like, guys, do you understand that like it's the same road, like two different roads to the same thing? (laughs) <laughs> and they never do they never no. do like of course yeah you I mean if we want to talk about it, yeah sure i can just i don't need the yeah, that's another thing you say they come in they're like you don't need all these things i'm like yeah i do you need the makeup on your face do you need like the fun trinket you just got from target on your six target run but you like it and right? that's not a problem <laughs> you know? it's, it's like they're fun they're yeah. cool little tools and also i just also would you tell would these people tell someone with adhd to not have their medication or like their fidget toys probably. or anything that's the sad part probably Actually, I, yeah i can't even say they probably would be like you just need to pray no sometimes people have an attention deficit disorder and they need something to stimulate that i'm that way where it's i'll get distracted real easy when i'm mm-hmm. trying to meditate but if i got the cards i look back down oh now i remember what we're doing that's you know? how i am too yeah it's it's just it's one of those things and it's like why are you all so upset that some people like make things easier for themselves really is this i really don't understand and then i don't i also and you talked about this before too literacy also the thing that i don't understand why nobody remembers is that everything that we read if you read something in the bible it's been translated like a million times depending which version you read unless it's the ancient greek which you don't speak like not even greek people speak that yeah so i'm like if you haven't I'm not saying you can't take something from it, but I am saying take it with a grain of salt because it's been filtered through mad people. King James was super homophobic because he was probably gay. So there's a so he like added his own sprinkle on it. By the way, say that we gay people are bad. Yeah, like, no, yeah, and like another thing, yeah. So as you're saying, like you can still read the Bible and get plenty out of it, even if you don't speak these languages. But yeah. I know I, I'm always baffled by the flack I get from reading books about the Bible. They're like, why are you reading books about the Bible and not the Bible? I'm like, because <laughs> reading this sentence doesn't beam 4,000 years of cultural context, history, and language in my head. Exactly. I, <laughs> what do you mean? So then they'll be like, you're just twisting it because I'm like, no, I'm. this is literally the word. This is the context. This is what was going on. And they're like, but the Bible says... Oh my god. So please, the Bible doesn't say that. You just can't read. <laughs> just admit it. We can help you. There's many programs. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, like, 
every time, it's, I don't know if you've seen like Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Elizabeth burns all the rum. And so this is for a smoke signal. And yeah. he's flipping out. He's like, why is the rum gone? And she explains in depth why the rum is gone. And he yeah. just blinks at her and is like, why is the rum gone? <laughs> That's the same conversation I have with these people every single time. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, have a good day. Exactly. And cultural context is so insanely important and nobody seems to care. That bothers me too. Because it's, like you said, this is stuff that happened thousands of years ago. And some of it is allegory. It's not all like, this is exactly what happened moment to moment. Some of it is a story explaining something and it may have not literally happened. So we have to... and. I don't know. I wasn't there. And like, again, Jesus lives 30 years and what we get is like the most spark notes, like rendition of his life gospel. Yes. Like, the gospels don't even line up. The gospels are like, no, he ju- he wasn't, I don't know. Like some, Mark doesn't even have the birth story. They just dive right into when he's like five or something. But so we have all these different problems. We have gospels that never got in there because they were considered like too crazy. And yeah. like the gospel of Thomas is literally just like a big sayings book of Jesus just saying the most random stuff. <laughs> Honestly. Like what? his notes. He's, yeah, every time he says something good, he's oh, let me write that down. Yeah, it's how it's yeah. But because because and there are gospels that say like the craziest stuff that didn't get in there. Like for instance, there's a story in the gospel, no, the Acts of Thomas, I think, where he goes to India. Doesn't want to go. He's fucked this. I don't want to go to India. And but he goes, and apparently he's a twin of Jesus. He's actually Jesus's twin. That's what Thomas Didymus means. And so mm. he goes to this wedding, he blesses them half-assedly because he's like, I don't want to be here and this sucks, this princess and prince here, whatever. And then the prince goes to consummate the marriage, finds Thomas there. It's actually Jesus who just beamed back down there to be like, fuck them kids, don't have kids suck. Like, and like that, that never got put in the Bible because that would be a problem. But yeah, there's so many conflicting things and so many conflicting stories. And I'm reading Bart Ehrman's Lost Christianities right now, which is like mm-hmm. all about different types of Christianity that never got stuck in there. And so... You see how Timothy is like, women will be saved by having kids. Is in direct opposition to all of this don't get married, don't have kids <laughs> rhetoric that was going on. So the acts of Paul and Thecla never got in there because, wow, a Thecla, a 13-year-old girl taking charge of her own body and saying, I'm not using this for anyone but me. I'm not getting married. I'm going to teach. I'm going to do all this. Yeah, obviously. I'm like, Timothy is not written by Paul. We've pretty much narrowed this down at this point. Mm-hmm. But that's okay to put that in the Bible because it says what these church fathers agreed with. Acts of Paul and Thecla, which was also just written down by a guy who heard a bunch of stories about it. That's bullshit. You can't have that. And I'm just like, oh, okay. All right. So it's, it's such a mess. This is why I'm like, listen, for a long time, I was like, fuck the Bible altogether. Just talk to God because this is such a mess that you're just never going to know. But so it's by talking to God that you can find the pieces and you can get the character of him through the Bible. You can get Mm -hmm. a general sense of what he's about. But you gotta have a, you gotta talk to him directly. You can't, like with any God, like you don't just read the stories and then say, that's great and move on. You have to talk to these entities and these spirits. You can't just, (laughs) but Christians, they pray and then they just never learn how to get an answer. So they they just say it will, it'll be answered. And you're like, okay. Okay. How? (laughs) Yeah. Did you feel that you, they're like, girl, I'm just telling you. (laughs) It'll be answered. Don't worry. And I wonder, I'm like, is this, because I've seen people say, oh, I prayed so hard, but God never answered me. I'm like, did he not answer you? Or were you, did you, would you just never learn how to get the answer? Mm-hmm. He'll answer pretty, he answers me very directly. Actually, I just I offer tarot readings and stuff. And sometimes I look at the cards and I'm like, I got to send this person like flowers or something because this is <laughs> brutal. But so he's very direct and specific. And these people are like, I just never got an answer. And I'm like, 
how? <laughs> you know? I can only say that these people just unfortunately were never taught how to actually listen. They got the yeah. first part of talking down, but they didn't get the listening part. And so they were just like, what am I doing? Yes. 100%. This is... Oh. And then, <laughs> you know what? One day, and maybe if you ever want to come back, we'll do this because I definitely need to have a whole episode about all the books we didn't put in the Bible because that also frustrates me. When oh, I yeah. found out... One day, I, I literally found out. I said, wait a minute. I remember when, oh, I remember when I found out. I was in school. And <laughs> we were talking about the Council of Nicaea. And they were like, oh, and this is where they picked. I said, they picked what? <laughs> they were like, yep, yeah. oh. And they said, they picked what they put in the Bible. I said, pardon? Because I didn't know that there was all these books. So then I went on a deep dive. Again, I was in high school. I was like, whatever, I got time. I have a whole book, like Lost Books of the Bible. I haven't read all of it yet. but And then I thought to myself, I said, damn, I never even realized that like we jump like Jesus was born. Then he was like 12. Then he was like 30. I was like, damn, I never even thought of that. And it's, like, it's such a shame because the infancy gospels of Jesus, like of the infancy gospel of Thomas is so funny. Because it's like Jesus actually, I don't know, he's on the playground at five. The kids are mean. He kills them. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I heard that. And, I and was then like, he like push a kid off a roof by accident. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> and he's doing this. Like Mary is like a gentle parenting queen because she like he just takes a man's like fabrics all nice and colorful and tosses them in a vat of black dye. And Mary's like, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> and he just pulls them out and he just like magically fixes them. But like, it's exactly there's so much good stuff about it that humanizes Jesus. They make Jesus seem like this weird cardboard cutout of divinity, and I don't understand. Yeah why they do that <laughs> i don't it's either. so weird that's why my favorite i always think my fa- every time like stuff would happen i'd be like even jesus got mad because that's my favorite thing is that oh, jesus yeah. got mad because i'm like look at this guy like he's supposed oh, yeah. to be this person and he's a son of god and everything's super chill and if you read and this is my very basic understanding of things but there are certain places in the bible where he gets pretty annoyed he gets annoyed with peter all the time he's always peter shut up (laughs) (laughs) yeah peter's shady as hell because peter's always trying to stop everybody from touching him and shit and jesus can you calm down i'm getting tired of you being my bouncer calm chill the fuck out but no, this is my thing. Like, Jesus's two modes in the whole Bible are like tired and annoyed. And he's just, listen. And Peter's so type A, doing the most to do the least. And it's just, Peter, please. But my favorite was the story in the boat, though, where like Jesus literally just takes a nap while everyone's flipping out in this boat with a storm coming. And they're like, don't you care if we die? Jesus, sit- I literally, the Bible I was reading, he, it says, Jesus sat up and said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> like he just guy he wakes up he's like why are you bothering me and then he just fixes the problem and he's like great back to sleep now jesus is so funny he literally looks at he th- that is a really good story because he does come out and he said i'm the freaking son of god can you guys chill out you really think you're gonna die with me on this boat shut <laughs> up <laughs> Calm uh, down, Jesus. Oh my God. He literally up. screamed his own name because he was so mad. Right? No, like literally, this is what I'm saying. Like, and I think I wish Christians would take away say, "Hey, as like children of God, like you are the first in line to get beat around." Just look at the apostles. Look at every like Jesus is not smacking people around who are just like minding their business. It's the apostles that he shouldn't you know better. But yeah, I don't know. When it comes to witchcraft, it's easier to find that because I can. If I have a question, I could just be like, "God." Help me out. I don't know. <laughs> and he'll just be like, oh. So yeah. <laughs> it's it, the connection is just better. And like, 
it just makes more and i find that like through this path i am a much more confident and like less afraid person mm -hmm. like it, with witchcraft to me and all the mysticism and what it means to me what it means to me is that i am confident in my place in the world and my power and mm -hmm. who i am and what i do and so i when i see people who like oh my god another entire honestly topic is those ex-witches, born-again Christian types. Oh, no! I see those, and I'm like, okay, so you messed something up, and you got really scared, and you went back to church because that's comfortable. That's all For you really... For your virtue! Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. my... <laughs> I have two of her decks, and, like, when I heard... Her story was so dumb, because, like, other people, like, actually did a spell and ate shit, right? So like, I'm like, okay, I understand you got scared for a second, but to read virtue was, like, driving her car... And all of a sudden on the radio, it says, oh, did you know about false prophets? And she decided that she must have been one. And now all of a sudden she has to re recant everything she said. I'm like, girl, why is your brain made of silly putty that you just fell apart? Your whole business model changed in a car ride everything. to work. She said, oh, no. Oh, no. I have a thing. Doreen Virtue, though, you're dealing with angels and stuff, right? So where do you think you went wrong? I'm confused because. <laughs> yeah. So I was like. Girl, I heard that story and I was like, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna use your tarot cards just to spite you now. Because, yes. no, but, and like, this is another thing, right? Angels, I go on Witch Talk and I sit there and I see people talking about angels as if they are like little buddies or, no. I don't know. I've, we all know the Book of Enoch and how literally the giants happened because angels like took human lives. But they're like, I'm God spouse to Michael. I'm like, We've fucking been here before. Like, we've been here before. You're like, please. But these people act like angels are like little buddies. And I'm like, have, angels literally do not have a concept of human emotion. Like, every they time don't. I, like, I, I encounter that, like, today I was talking to Archangel Ariel about, like, animals. I'm like, so what's, like, the point of animals, right, on Earth? And she's, every answer was, like, you fucking people. <laughs> every single answer was, like, you people ruin everything and i was like fair it's fair every single like they're very blunt and direct and they're like i don't understand why you all do such dumb things but these people act like angels are just like happy little buddies and that's how i know that you ain't talking to an angel angels, angels like <laughs> i always think of first of all i love every like christmas time when they're like the real angels and people make those models of yep, the yeah. spinning wheels in the eyes my favorite yeah. and also when i always think of angels as okay a target and God is the CEO of Target and the angels work there and we're shopping and they're just disgruntled Target employees. Like they don't want to deal with us. They're like, I am so powerful and smart and I have all the spiritual wisdom in the world. And then you dumbass people who I'm constantly having to deal with just because God's telling me to because he's my boss. Like, yep, you know, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> angels are the epitome of that feeling when you like find a baby shoe in the electronics aisle and they're just like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know can they be nice can they be friendly yes but every yeah. engagement i've had whether it's an angel in heaven or like a fallen angel they're actually i find honestly the fallen angels are probably a little bit more patient ironically because i feel like they bit. understand humans a little bit better and they realize like we're idiots and they're like we don't have to help you so it's not as yeah bad. i mean <laughs> yeah, basically they're just like if you're here it's because i don't know you feel like i don't know like i, I work with <laughs> lucifer too and michael is very much like that football coach who wants you to drop and do 20 if you like put a toe out of line lucifer is like very if you've ever seen Coraline, that black cat mm -hmm. in Coraline, that's lucifer he's just <laughs> slinking around he's like, i don't know what do you think whereas michael's here's exactly what you should think <laughs> but and so it's a very interesting dynamic working with both like angels in heaven and angels and i guess what we would call hell mm -hmm. really the same as christian's idea of hell yeah but because i don't know it's basically just they're approaching the same problem from two different directions. Mm -hmm. And one side 
is very sensitive to the fact that humans are dumb and the other side just can't they just can't deal with it they're like so i told you what to do you didn't do it <laughs> why are you surprised that this whole situation is not what it is like you know? <laughs> they're not a gentle beings. they're not as no. chill as everybody thinks they are no for sure definitely like the people to call when you're in serious trouble or you're like you really need or like you're willing to do the work yes mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't know, go make friends with the tree outside. Please don't contact, like, actual divinities for (laughs) small, stupid things. (laughs) So, we could talk about this forever, which is, I would love, but (laughs) we're going to move to our next section. So, our next part of the show, since we're dying with the divine, we talk about food. And because you are Slovenian, correct? Mm. Saying that, right? Even though I know how to say it, but okay, I always get... (laughs) I'll say Slovenia when it's Slovakia or Slovakia when it's Slovenia. So I always have to be very careful. I don't want to mess up. So no, it's like everyone does that though. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's always like a thing, but no, yeah, yeah. Slovenia. Okay. <laughs> so I looked up some Slovenian foods because I don't know anything about Slovenian foods. So I said, let me learn something today. I'm going to name some foods. I'm going to see them as well as I can. And I apologize to you and any other Slovenian people who are like, stop messing up our language. I am sorry. So we have something here and it looks very nice. It is called Kremna Rosina. It is a cake. It looks like there's layers of custard cream and puff pastry made of this Slovenian dessert. And it is apparently utterly irresistible. Many cafes across Slovenia offer it, and it's supposed to be very nice. Then we have this, and there's a J in it. So I'm not going to pronounce it. Uh, oh, which, what is it, one? I got to go. Every time, even, okay, I think it's Slovenia. I might get this wrong again. Is the capital? It's L? Is it, or is this Slovakia? No, you're right. You're capital Ljubljana, yeah. Okay. See, whenever I am trying to pronounce something Slavic and there's a J, I stop myself. Because I'm the, going to say it wrong. Yeah, the only thing you gotta know is that the J is a Y sound. So, like a okay, Y. Okay, okay. So, this one would be like... Kroniska Kolobasa. Kroniska Kolobasa, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Woo! Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, if a J yeah. is after a consonant, it's kind of like a soft... So, it's not kran, it's krein. It's like a little softer. Hi. But otherwise, it's a Y. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so this is like a pork sausage. Apparently, it's different than other pork sausages, and it's supposed to be very nice. People are saying that they blend it with the best pork meat and bacon, and they even have, ooh, different different people who make it have different seasonings they put in it, which sounds interesting. And you put it in like a stew. Apparently, people really enjoy this. You can put some sauerkraut on the side. Okay, okay, I can see. You can put, ooh, and some warm bread. I love warm bread, yeah, with some (laughs) mustard and a peppery horseradish. Okay, I'll take it. I'll eat that. Now we have this, and there is a little sign on top of the C. So we're going to do our best. That's a borgruk. It's a a borgruk. Okay. Borgruk. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. This is- <laughs> it's okay. It's just, I don't, like, I don't think I, like, I know the other two and I've had the other two, but I actually don't think I recognize this one. So this might be a regional one. So okay. these are regional. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, this is just general. I'm sure every region, like every country has different things. Mm. I'm 
Don't mean to generalize the whole country. This nah, is just, no, no, yeah. I don't <laughs> This is just a little. Okay, so this is from Eastern Slovenia. Okay. And this, okay, okay. So, <laughs> you said, yep. This is a filling stew that was a, it's a staple sometimes at large events. They put three different types of meat, usually a pork, beef, and some other type of game with potatoes, wine, sweet paprika, seasonal mushrooms, and onions. Oh, I love mushrooms. And actually, this is and onions in one pot so this is actually an originally a, a hungarian dish but then like it came over to slovenia after mm. oh okay so hungry rules slovenia it says for a while so i guess people made slovenia people like this okay or at least that part of slovenia i'm not sure i'm sorry i don't know too much of the history of slovenia <laughs> based yeah basically we've been a stomping ground for four different cultures for centuries so it's okay. a mess it's a mess okay. <laughs> there's a lot going on okay yes. yeah <laughs> Oh gosh. And then there's these like two different dumpling dishes. And I know dumplings are like a very big thing amongst many Slavics people. Different kinds of dumplings with different fillings, probably in every region and every different group. And then we also have this very nice looking flatbread. It looks like focaccia bread. It's called Pogaka. Pogaccia. Pogaccia. Okay, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You can use, oh, this is coming out of a oven in this and I want to eat it right now. It looks very nice. You probably put some butter on it or something, whatever you want, because this looks delicious. Just eat that whole thing. It may, it says it may look like, I'm not going to attempt to say this. I'm going to describe it. (laughs) It may look like Australian, Austrian strudel, but this thing is uniquely slovenian and it can be filled with savory or sweet combinations it was once served only on festive occasions but now it's served all year and it looks really nice it is spelled i'm gonna spell it for everybody it's s with the little mark on top r u k l j i okay okay i'm like wait all i know is okay yeah thank you (laughs) all right and then our last one here we have trout. I can say trout. There's that one. And then the last one is this is a carrot cake. So it's like a twist on carrot cake. Okay, here we go. There's no marks on any words. So I'm going to do my best. I tried. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was me too. When I started learning, I remember like when I was learning Slovenian, I kept mm-hmm. mispronouncing it. My mom was like, why do you sound like a Croatian? And I was like, oh my God. Okay, so I was like, okay, all right. But it's a Nitsa okay thank you oh it sounds so good when you say it so this is it's like a carrot cake but it's also another pastry pastry it's layered with apples walnuts cottage cheese and raisins in a half cake pastry situation so those are some of your slovenian foods if you don't know now and there's a link in the show notes if you want to look up the right way to say all these things but <laughs> so thank you so this is the part of the show where i'm going to plug myself so if you enjoy this show, you can like it, you can follow it, you can give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening it to, listening to it on. And this is Dying with the Divine on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook too. And if you have any suggestions or questions or comments, please feel free to email me at dinewiththedivinepod at gmail.com. Okay, we're gonna move on. So our little tea time which is we try to do a little educational situation. Then we get to our story after. So this tea time subject is really long. So I'm going to shorten it because we feel like we've talked a lot about certain kind of stuff like this. Christian Gnosticism. This is what we're talking about now. So Gnosticism in itself is about like a mystery and there's different Gnostics all over the world. If you've ever heard of the, 
If you've ever heard of a quote unquote whirling dervish or those people and they wear hats and they have, they're usually men or male presenting people who are wearing long skirts and they're always whirling and they look very pretty when they're doing it. That is a type of Islamic Gnosticism or mysticism. So this now we're concentrating on Christian mysticism. And I got a lot of this from worldhistory.org. So this was written by an actual professor, not just a blog. Okay. So it's not just some random person. (laughs) This lady's like a professor of religion at somewhere in Pittsburgh. So she's like a real professor. So The definition we have here is Gnosticism. So Christian Gnosticism is the belief that human beings contain a piece of God, the highest good or a divine spark within themselves, which has fallen from the immaterial world into the bodies of humans. It's trapped in the material world, but ignorant of its status. The pieces of God require knowledge, Gnostic, to inform them of their true status. That knowledge must come from outside the material world and the agent who brings it is a savior or redeemer. Okay. So the thing about Christian Gnosticism is that basically this is something, okay. If you didn't know now, but when Christianity started, it was a cult. It wasn't a religion. It wasn't a big deal. Everybody thought it was weird. People like, why are they worshiping that dead guy? That's really strange, right? That's how how everybody looked at it and everyone was freaked out. So it wasn't like an immediate superstar religion. People thought it was weird. So in the beginning, they were like, okay, there's a lot of different sects of Christianity now. But back then, there was no central authority like a pope or anything like that. Not at the beginning because everybody was just doing whatever they wanted with it. There was no Bible really to reference at this point. So they were just like, okay, everybody was just doing whatever they wanted and worshiping the way they wanted. This inspired this group of Gnostics, these people looking for different kinds of knowledge from Christ. So this is another thing that came from the article. During the first three centuries of Christianity, there was no central authority until the conversion of the Roman Emperor Constantine the Great in 312 CE. Christian communities taught many different views and in the second century CE, some groups now collectively referred to as Gnostic Christians claimed to have access to secret knowledge about the nature of the universe, the nature of Christ, and what his appearance on earth meant to believers. And in the middle of the second century CE, a group of Christian leaders retroactively referred to as the church fathers, you actually mentioned them before, Sarah, which is Justin Martyr, Irnerius, Tertullian, and others wrote volumes against Gnostic Christians. And we're going to go into later why. Because the Gnostic Christians, their their view of Christianity was like different. But they, okay, a lot of the time later on, Christianity was more about like how you have to save yourself and be a good person so you can get to heaven. But the Gnostics were more about the way to save yourself was to learn and to gain knowledge through like spiritual experiences. They weren't so concerned about sin. They weren't so concerned about going to heaven or hell. They just really wanted to learn stuff. So the church fathers, they didn't like that shit. They're like, that shit's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh like the church fathers make me, when I read about them, I'm instantly like, when I get to heaven, line them up for me, God, line them up. They're all getting a smack just down the line. Like, <laughs> They were really bad. (laughs) They weren't mad. So there was like, 
Miss gets a little, I mean, I had to read it a few times because it gets a little confusing, but they, so in a way, they believe in not really two gods. It's confusing. So they believe in there's God. And then they said there's this thing called the Demiurge. Yeah. Yes. And that's not really another god, but it was just like something God accidentally created. Yeah, the thing, this is, this isn't, and I don't think this was all Gnostic sects that thought this, because again, there was no central authority for shit. There yes, was a there bunch of different. And like, she mentioned that, that yeah. not all Gnostic sects thought like this, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so no, like the Gnostics had very different ideas. This specific sect, and this is like the one part or the main part of Gnosticism that I'm like, this is, y'all just really didn't like Jewish people, huh? Because <laughs> like, literally their demiurge they're saying is the God of the Old Testament. They're saying the God of the Israelites is this evil mm. demiurge trying to trick yes. humanity into doing evil. And that's what their Torah is. It's the evil laws of badness. And Jesus's father is the real God. And I'm like, this just sounds like you don't like Jewish people, but yes. in a very long drawn out metaphor. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, know. I read that during this article and I was like, I ha- this is one of the things I had to read again. I was yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they were like, no, 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 no. Our God is different. And I was like, right. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks for that. But like, no, you guys if you read, stop. Oh, yeah. The Gnostic Gospel of Judas is like such an acid trip. Like, it's a fever <laughs> dream. And just like the most wacky nonsense. Like, I felt like I was reading Lord of the Rings with the names they were pulling out. I was like, what the hell was with... All right, whoever wrote this is like just batshit. No, this... No. So, some things got taken out of the Bible because everyone was what? <laughs> but, <laughs> So we t- actually, they talk about that later in this article too. So we'll bring that back up. But they, so Gnostic concepts, they also have, they say in this article, at least that they mirror this school of philosophy, like existential, you know what I'm saying? Existentialism. Oh God, it's so hard for me to say that word. People asking, why do we exist? What's going on? Who am I? Where did I come from? All that good stuff. So they thought a lot about that. And that's part of the reason. And we get back down to that. I'm just going to look through my notes real quick. Where do I get to that? At some point, I'll get back to that. So they talk a lot about... So, okay. They also talk about this thing. You'll probably understand this better than me, Sarah. Again, I was very confused. When I was being- <laughs> the Gnosticism is such a wild ride. So, it's like... So- I was like, what? So then there's this thing. So then there's this thing, Sophia. And it's one of the archons. And I don't even really under... I read it five times. I was like, I don't understand what an archon is. But it just... <laughs> it's god okay god who does not create but then he did create he emanated these powers like sun and light and these other things but they're not physical i don't ask me i'm not an expert on this i'm not a scholar i read three articles five times no this is what i'm saying lord of the rings level because we're just singing the sun into the universe now what what's happening here like so he doesn't have powers but he just emanates like he sweats it out i'm confused imagine oops i cut my finger and now that we have a planet exactly if i don't know if i did in norse mythology the first giant ymir he just like sweats and then he makes two other people and i was like is this what we're doing in this Belief system also. I'm confused, but it's fine. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is why I love mythology because it's like, y'all really had a good time around that fire when you came up with this shit. I'm like, who? What happened? I'm like, so, so there's lots of stuff that you guys, again, I'm not going to get into all of this because it gets so confusing, but just know, oh, also Gnostics, they had a idea that like, which actually makes a little bit of sense to me. First of all, God said, I am who I am. 
in many well to Moses right and they say the Gnostics are like God doesn't have a gender so we shouldn't really call him the father because he's just androgynous which makes sense to me Mm because if he's this big power thing then why would he have a gender it doesn't matter whatever so then they say also that Christ came to earth and he wasn't really a human he was just like in human form to try to help us find the God peace in ourselves to enlighten that peace yeah i know it's weird (laughs) yeah no and this is this is what it is like now again people two thousand years later very much take for granted that the some church came and cozied it up all nice for everybody in the bible because back in the day there was like for a good two centuries they were debating like is jesus god is he human is he i don't know like they had a whole fucking mess about it where they were just like i literally don't know and like all the pagan critics at the time were like you guys are dumb like you are very stupid so it was just it was a lot there was a lot of pressure everyone was upset but <laughs> but it, it is true though that god is not a gendered being it's just mm-hmm. that a lot of the main thing we're all running with is obviously it's easier for a patriarchal society to listen to a father than yeah anything else like a lot of these and actually there used to be like a goddess that was worshipped alongside him asherah that came mm-hmm. out of canaanite pantheon and they just edited her out like they just deleted her out of the manuscripts yes. come the reforms of king josiah so it was like great cool thanks <laughs> but now we have this very we've got father son mother no spirit and it's oh, okay so we all just a lot of us see that hagia sophia that holy spirit as like the female aspect of God, mm. which is wild. For me, I just, I don't really care about divine and feminine. I just don't jive with like feminine kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't take it or leave it. But Sophia's kind of a wild animal a little bit because she just comes in there and starts like slapping people. So it's, it's <laughs> hold on. But all that aside, yeah, it, this is going to pops up in the Gospel of Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. most, which is the idea that like Jesus came here to be a blueprint. He wasn't here just to be like, Ha, I've saved all of you worthless people, and now you can continue being worthless but worshipping me. Like, he came down and he said, hey, everything I I can do, you will do and do greater. Like, all this stuff and Mary Magdalene's, and there's no sin. Sin is just what happens when we, like, forget who we are and, like, do stupid things. So, Jesus is basically like, all of you should be working on this while I'm gone. And none of us worked on it. And now here we are with these mega churches scamming people out of a million dollars every month. Yeah. Yep, it's the American way. Not just American, I shouldn't say that. Let me spread the sin everywhere. It's all (laughs) over the place. Yes, okay, speaking of sin. So this is where we get to the church fathers again. Here they come. They're like, hey, actually, we don't like any of this shit. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to invent this thing, and we're going to call you guys heretics and say that you guys are bad people because we don't agree with all this shit. So one thing they said, okay, these are some of the reasons they didn't agree. So number one, the Gnostics promoted a higher God of pure essence and love as being the true God over the creator God. So basically because they had this weird thing where they didn't like Jews and they <laughs> saying that like the God was wrong and their God was wrong and was the lesser God. The Gnostics were like, that doesn't, no, the church fathers were like, that doesn't make sense. Shut up. So yeah. then they also said, <laughs> yeah. And then again, this leads into the next thing where they said basically that Christianity and Judaism were very different, which isn't really true at all because christianity grew out of jesus who was a jewish person so there again they were like you can't really condemn the jews in this sense at least right now they're like we're only concerned about we hate you we'll hate jews later they're like right now we don't like you oh god no, this is, it's so messy so- no what happened was like rome was persecuting these christians because like 
There's a really good book, Christians as the Romans Saw Them by Robert mm. Louis Wilkin. And in that book, it's basically, yeah, Rome didn't know what to do with them because at the time they would have like guilds for the craftsmen and stuff. And they had to ban those from getting together because they would get political and the emperor got nervous about it. So anyone who was caught doing that, they would just kill. And so at one point, <laughs> Pliny, this guy Pliny the Elder comes to this area of Syria to audit like their businesses and whatever because everyone's like bleeding money. And <laughs> he discovers this weird ass group of people who just, I don't know believe in this dead dude and so please i'm confused but just kill him because i don't got time to do it but he's right yeah. literally he sent the letter to the emperor being like what do i do and then by the time the em- like emperor got the letter he sent another one being like yeah i just killed him whatever it's fine so you know they, they were just thought of this weird ass upstart group that came out of nowhere and no one could tell are you philosophers are you politics what are you doing and so then they're like no like we are the inheritors of the jewish tradition meanwhile every jewish person in the roman empire is like who i know they're like who are you what do you i'm not i don't, I don't i'm not with them i don't know what you're saying i don't know her i <laughs> so don't know her it was yeah. such a mess yeah and this is why even though rome didn't really like like jewish people either at least they they were like your religion is old so if your religion is old your religion is legit this yeah. i don't know what this is and jewish people are like yeah we don't know what it is either don't look at us if this starts doing weird things i don't so that's why Christians really started not liking Jewish people. And you could see a lot of that anti-Jewish sentiment in the Bible in places like mm-hmm. Acts 19, where like it's a Jewish exorcist that just get tossed on their ass for doing magic or something. But mm-hmm. like all of this yeah. for Christians being like, no, we are the true way. But even Paul says, hey, you are supported by Israel. Don't. What are you doing? Oh, fuck you know? up, guys. And it's like, <laughs> so much. But yeah, yeah. in essence, they, we have focused on like totally beating up Jewish people yet. Yeah, they're like, we're going to beat you guys up and we'll get back to that because we're hateful. It's God, <laughs> yeah, the worst. Like, exactly. by century four, Christianity falls apart. <laughs> they also basically go on to say, too, about this part is the only part of the Gnostic part that I was like, okay, I agree with this. Saying there's divinity within you. Okay, that's nice. The mm. Gnostics, they didn't have everything together, but that's a nice sentiment. <laughs> and But then the church fathers were, and I think this, obviously, from what I know about the church, I feel like they were probably like, if you guys, because they're saying the church is within us and all we have to do is really like study and concentrate and stuff. And they're like, wait, they're not going to come to church and they're not going to want to give us money because they're going to keep talking about the churches within me. So they're like, that's wrong. <laughs> the church is only within these other people who are priests and you have to go talk to them to feel good. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it was, again, like, I can understand, like, why they wanted that, because, again, shit was all over the place. It was messy. If you look at certain things, like, there was one church that, like, because there was no actual Bible, mm-hmm. one church was using the Gospel of Peter, which is not in the canonical Bible, and uh, so one guy, uh, this bishop that oversaw it, was like, yeah, I guess you can keep using that, and then the Congress, someone in the congregation was like, I don't know, but it says to not ever get married, and that kids have cooties and are gross, and so the bishop's like, oh, fuck, no, so he's like, stop, stop, he's like, stop using that gospel, stop, so there was like, all these things had to happen, so they had to have some kind of system of overheads that could, like, deal yeah. with these problems, and so that was that, but... <laughs> that also, based, yeah, so if you got someone saying, oh, we don't even need church leaders, and the church leaders are like, Y'all can't find your ass from your elbow. Y'all are using my dead like manuscripts we've never heard of. So what yes. do you even mean? And so yes, they wanted control, but also they were very concerned that like everyone's gonna be talking a different story. And it'd be yes. like, Oh yeah, what do you believe as a Christian? And just say the most inane shit. So it's but yeah, that was a big struggle, especially in people like Tertullian. Like that was the one I was talking about earlier, where like mm-hmm. Timothy's okay, where it says women should shut up and just have babies. Thecla is not. It was Tertullian who was on that, who was like, 
the acts of Paul and Thecla is a forgery, and <laughs> Timothy is very good and holy. And it's like both of these are forgeries, but okay, like. <laughs> They All picked right. and choose. Yeah, literally, I was like, bro, like, they're both made up by people who were not actually there. <laughs> so, what do you mean? God. That's literally it. So, also, the church fathers, so there were Gnostic writings that were found. Now, we're jumping way ahead. In, like, the early 1900s, it's, it's called now the Nag Hammadi Library. Mm. So, there's a bunch of books or writings, I should say, found in Egypt. These two guys were digging somewhere and they were like, oh shit, what's this? And so they took it to this book dealer and he was like, oh shit, this shit is old. And then... <laughs> so this shit is old. <laughs> so then basically, this was a bunch of gospels, like you said, it's not in the canonical part of the main gospels. And there was a bunch of shit. And then some of the shit in there, it was wild because they were like, women should be able to study the Bible and they should be able to become leaders in the church and we should be cool with like other religions and shit and then they were like absolutely not so all the churches <laughs> yeah the church said absolutely not we're not doing this with all of you and they said condemn those books so they said don't read that anymore and there was a lot of the things you were you've been talking about sarah were in it a lot of these different gospels that nobody had ever heard of and a lot of it was just shit that everybody did not agree with and they said absolutely nobody's allowed to read this and make up their mind for themselves we've made up everybody's mind and our mind says absolutely not um <laughs> Thank God, yeah. yeah. And I think, actually, and I think Mary, specifically Mary Magdalene's gospel was like, I don't know, some German dude was bumming around in like Cairo, Egypt, and just, he found it like at a little market. Like some dude just had yes. it on the market table and he's all, oh, this looks cool. And then he was like, oh shit, this is like a whole ass lost book of the Bible. This is like, another, yes, we also did an episode about that. And there, the, again, I'm sorry. I know one day God's going to yell at me. He'll be like, why are you always yelling at Peter? Because Peter was messing it up. Again, even in Mary Magdalene's gospel, Peter was yelling at her, talking about that's why. Not, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's always doing the most, but he it's like too much. Peter, relax. Peter, like, I'm sure Peter was fine. Like, he was probably like, he's pro he was a loyal friend. I'll give him that. Like, oh, he meant, not to end, but. So, yeah. I'm so mad with these books that didn't get included because one of them is the Acts of Peter in which he's mm -hmm. having a whole ass Shadow Wizard money game contest with <laughs> fucking Simon the Magus. They're like, Simon's flying, Peter's praying, he falls down, he falls and breaks his leg. Like, the dumbest Looney Tunes ass just in the street. And we don't have this Acts of Peter? Please. Come on, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> But just know it gets wild. I'm not going to go more into Gnosticism because it could go on forever. But just know that it was a wave that people were thinking during early Christianity. And for the church fathers, once they figured that out, they said, this is wild. We can't let people be thinking all this random shit. We got to make one central area, which I totally understand what you're saying. They're like, this, everybody's just doing whatever they want out here. And we've got to at least centralize our religion. That makes sense to me now. I get that. But just know that the Gnostics, they were Christians, but they just had some wild views. And they're still Gnostics technically today. But more, it's like people are just... It, to me, when I think of Gnosticism, it's more of just like a spiritual way of thinking about it instead of just thinking about, I have to go through all these different channels to talk to God. These people were saying, if God's within me and I learn a lot about it, maybe that I can be more godly, which makes a lot yeah. of sense. That's and like actually, your central thought. Go ahead. And you know, it's so funny, actually, about all this as we're talking about like church fathers yes. and the, like, 
who's the person Christians love most? It's not Jesus. It's Paul, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Paul. And Paul's another one of those who I read him, like, I read his letters, so I get tired so fast. I'm like, Paul, you are doing so much right now, and I need you to tone it down. Please stop yelling. But, so, it's so funny that... <laughs> It's so funny that everyone's like, Paul, this and the church and heresy, because the one who revealed to me the secret of Christian magic was St. Paul when I channeled him. Mm. And he said exactly that. Everyone's got a little spark here in their chest, and you use that to hook up to the power of God. That's yeah. what magic is. You're using that to open up that space and call down the fire, as they say. So it's, yeah, the one that told me that was Paul, ironically, of all people. It was crazy, but... All that aside, yet yeah, no, the Gnostics had it right in that regard, and there was a bunch of different other things that, like, over time went on that they didn't like. There was, like, a meditation style called hesychasm, which is, like, you curl into a ball with your head as close to your chest as possible to hear your own heart. Or, I don't know, it's weird, but yeah. all that kind of stuff. And like, the church just hated this because they were like, no, you guys have to, we only us are allowed to even read the Bible. It's all mm -hmm. in Latin. You can't have it. No. And all that kind of stuff. And there were so many other mystics going on. And another thing, I don't know, people act like the Bible and like God just kind of wrote Revelation and then fucked off. But <laughs> the thing is, right, they're, <laughs> they're like, and done. And then God just went on vacation for the next two millennia. I don't know. But there were mystics all through this time. Like even in the 1930s, we had St. Maria Faustina from Poland, who was like, mm -hmm. have you ever seen that image of Jesus and a lot of Catholics like it. It's, there's a big red ray and a white ray coming out. Yeah, and he's like yeah, standing yeah, yeah. That was an image that she had revealed to her and Jesus was like, commission this. So she did. She finally found it and she has a whole diary of her conversations with Jesus and she's a saint. She And so that was the 1930s. So people keep being like, the Bible says, I'm like, first of all, we don't even have a fucking Bible. The Bible is yeah. a mess. Second of all, what do you, babe, it is 2023. You think God <laughs> just went to lunch and like never came back? What do you mean? <laughs> Please. He just went to, he was like, I'm done. I'm doing my rest now. And right. he's just been sleeping for 2,000-ish so, years. No, so I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, do you think God went to get milk or something? And like, just didn't come back? What's up? What do you mean? I don't know. People, they're always like, oh, like they, they accuse me of trying to be a prophet or talking to demons is another one. They say, you're not talking hmm. to Jesus. You're talking to a demon. And I'm like, that's crazy. Because remember who else accused Jesus of using demon powers in Matthew? Oh, yeah. Hmm. But so like, it, it's the whole thing is I like to call this superstitious atheism because that's what a lot mm -hmm. of Christians are actually doing. They don't actually believe in God because the second you say, yeah, God talks to me, they look at you like you need to be committed. And it's, do you believe in invisible man in the sky or not <laughs> hi you've already believed he's there why is talking to him like now too much exactly hello oh, I'm okay we can, <laughs> what i'm saying it doesn't make and this is a quick out of nowhere story but it just reminded me it made me laugh to myself so there was like there's a story about how genghis khan so genghis khan was making his way across asia and he made it all the way to hungary and he told them the Hungarians were like, oh, shit, that crazy guy is coming here. <laughs> like, oh, shit. So they wrote to the Pope because back then that's what you did. It's in the 1200s. They didn't know what else to do. So they said, Pope, help us. And the Pope is like, no problem. I'm coming. I'm going to write to Genghis Khan about Jesus Christ. So he wrote this letter about Jesus. Now, I don't know how he thought this was going to stop a war, but he did. So he wrote the letter, but the letter now had to be translated through six people. So when it got to Genghis Khan, he was like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> <laughs> right. was... Oh my God. No, literally. It's so funny. He's... Wait, there was a lady, but she was a virgin. 
that she had a baby and he floated to the sky? I'm so confused. And then that's the thing, right? Like, people who aren't, like, they take for granted they're raised with the story all their lives. So yeah. they don't realize how absolutely bad shit it sounds to anyone who doesn't. Like, I, and that's why, I don't know, I remember, like, when my early witch journey, I, a lot of it was, like, people were like, oh, how are you a Christian if you believe other gods exist? I'm like, okay, if one exists, all of them have to exist in some capacity. I can't be picking and choosing. What do you mean? So, I don't know. If this is possible, anything's possible, all right? For unicorns, it could be a unicorn in there the whole time. I don't know. And I don't know. And I feel like Christians are, a lot of them get very stressed because they feel like they have to be right and they have to have the right answers and they have to know exactly what's going on. And then it's, I don't know how to tell you this, but we've never known what's going on. Not once. Not one single time have we had Ever. our shit together. So it's educated guess and not really educated, yeah. honestly. Yes. Yeah. And this, so a lot of people will ask me, they'll be like, aren't you afraid of like hell? And I'm like, I will cross that bridge when I get there. Like, I'm really not wasting my time worrying about it. <laughs> I used to be, when I was a kid, like, very nervous about hell. Like, I used to yep. think, oh, shit. Like, I if I curse, I really thought, I remember doing this multiple times, trying my luck. I'd be like seven or eight. I'd curse to myself. I'd yep. be like, shit. And then I would look up because I really thought I'd be struck down. I just believed it in my heart. And then when it wasn't happening, I remember asking my dad, being like, dad, so here's the deal. I have a question. If I do something wrong, I'm like, am I going to hell? And my dad's like, nah, probably not. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, nah, you're good. You're fine. Yeah, he's like, you just have to be sorry that you did it. And don't and try to do better. I said, oh, that's it. I said, but what if I do it again? He's like, you could probably just ask for forgiveness again. I said, all right. And that was like the biggest relief. I was like, oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Oh my God. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, it's really not that like big. And, but people, yeah, they ask me like, what if you're wrong about witchcraft? I'm like, don't think I will not walk directly up to God and be like, you had how many chances to tell me this? <laughs> I feel like, sorry. Yeah, but like, I, I've told him, I'm like, listen, I'm doing this because as far as I'm concerned, God, you told me that this was a good idea. So if I get up there and you say, haha, pranks, I'm going to be so pissed. I'm going to be so mad. You've been punked. You're like, pardon? I will actually just moonwalk into hell myself at that point. I'll be like, listen. <laughs> Oh, I can. I just had an image of you just. Like, you know what? All right, fine. But oh, what the fuck? That is so. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's our story about Gnostics, and then we're gonna get to our last little segment. So our last segment here, we're gonna talk about something you talked about before a little bit. You mentioned our new bestie of the week is Hildegard of Bingen. I don't know if it's Bingen or Bingen. I'm not sure. Probably Bingen because she's she's German, but yeah. it just sounds goofy. So say it however's next. Okay. Like it's Bingen just makes me be like, who? What? Yeah. Bing, bing, this is we're just gonna call her Hildegard right now. <laughs> she was, and I remember too when I was younger and I was like looking into this Christian witch thing. She was somebody who kept popping up because they were like, if ever there was a representative, it's our friend Hildegard because she was out here. She okay. You'll hear how cool she is. Because even I'm like, oh, Hildegard. <laughs> oh, she was so amazing. God, she I love her. so cool. Okay, so here's the story. This is what happened. So she was born. And she was also called the Sybil. So Sybil also means like oracle or prophetess. So she was called the Sybil of the Rhine <clears throat> also. So she was born sometime in 1098. Her father was a knight. A knight for the Count of Spangheim. So we'll just say that. Doing my best German here with the ha. Huh. 
she was the 10th child. So literally, she ended up being a tithe for the Lord. Back then, this was something you did sometimes. I guess if you had 10 children, you're like, huh, 10, that's cool. She could be our tithe. So they dedicated her to God because they thought that was a good idea. But also, when she was three, she started having visions. They do say, though, that the visions... What she was experiencing, according to her symptoms, was also probably a migraine. Now, does that mean her migraine didn't lead to visions? Absolutely not. Maybe it did. It's not a problem. But she probably had terrible migraines also that were so bad that it would cause her like temporary blindness and paralysis. Like it was real, real bad for her. But during these episodes, she would have visions. So her family's okay, you're the 10th. We're going to send you off to live with this lady. Oh, before that, they said... In this book that I was reading, it's the Encyclopedia of Mystic Saints and Sages, which I really enjoy. It said she was an unusual child who unnerved people. <laughs> she made people a little uncomfortable. <laughs> this is just like a through line. I feel like everyone who's into like magic or mysticism, like you could point them out when they're kids because they're weird as fuck. Like all these kids are weird as fuck. Basically, that's what they said. They said, Hildegard is strange. She's in the corner there on the ground. They're like, what's wrong with her now? She's having a vision. Leave her alone. I like her. This, we actually did an episode two on Padre Pio. People didn't say that, but for everything I read about him, they were like, he was weird. Yeah, he was a, <laughs> a little. No, this was, was like, you dedicated her to God, and then you got surprised that she started doing like weird mystic shit. I don't What did you think was going to happen? It's so disrespectful. I'm like, you guys. So, okay, so then again, another thing is that she, at the age of eight now, she was sent to live with this holy lady who was also a hermit, and her name is Joda of Spongheim, which maybe is next to Spongheim. She is, by some accounts, say that it was her aunt, like her dad's sister, but some accounts say it was like somebody the family knew, so I don't know, but that's fine. So she was living in this small room with one window. She ate only every 12 hours. She ate at 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. I don't know why she was eating at 3 a.m. in the morning. Right, girl, would you yeah. wake up for this? <laughs> what do you mean? I Poor girl, when were you sleeping? I don't understand what Just they like, were doing. Just like, wake up, it's time to eat a bowl of cereal at 3 a.m. <laughs> So that was weird, but it's fine. It worked for her. So she spent a lot of time praying, studying. She was doing embroidery, as one does in the dark ages of Europe. Why wouldn't she be doing embroidery? It's fun. And she was fasting. So she didn't have... So you're going to see how amazing she was on the fact that she didn't even really have a formal education. Like, she didn't really learn... Nobody sat down and taught her how to read and all that kind of stuff. So... For all that, and I'm opening my book because I didn't want to write all this down, she had a lot of accomplishments. So in, at age 15, she then became a full-fledged nun, and then Judah died, and she took Judah's place around 1136, and she founded two monasteries. And one thing that I read that was really cool was that people would write letters to her and then use those letters as talismans, basically which I thought was really cool. That's how much people really liked her. And you'll see again how much people like her. I'm going to read some other facts from this book, the encyclopedia about her, okay? This is just a couple of things she did, guys. Just a couple. Just a couple no big stuff. She wrote plays, poems, hymns, mystical works, biographies of saints, and treaties on natural history and medicine. She advised popes, kings, emperors, and bishops. She corresponded with Emperor Frederick Barbarossa, St. Bernard of Clairvaux and others, <clears throat> including some popes. 
she was a preacher at the time when women weren't supposed to be preachers this was like a really big deal remember this is like the 1100 she wasn't supposed to be doing all this shit she said that the holy spirit inspired her and compelled her to speak hildegard was a healer okay this is my favorite hildegard was a healer and she was an expert herbalist specializing in women's medicine and prescribing exercise rest which is important and she was out here using crystals my girl she yes <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. she wrote such comprehensive like medical journal she's like all these plants they do this and all these plants yes. they do that that was really good medical knowledge for that day. So, like, I was like, what? This, she just came out here and did it. And, this, and that crystals thing. Yeah, you know, people are like, oh, crystals are demonic. I'm like, are you dumb? And, like, our girl Hildy a thousand years ago told us that crystals ward off evil. Yes. Stupid. She made crystal elixirs and hot mineral baths. She was like, you guys, guess what? If you wash yourself sometimes, which is probably also revolutionary, they were like, yeah. I know. They were like, like, I'm going to give you these crystals to put in your house and you're good. I'm going to put some water and I'm going to let you drink it later and you'll feel better. And people probably did. And she collected, like you just said, she collected and compiled over 2,000 remedies and recommended proper nutrition and gemstone therapy. She wrote about the sacred bonds between humans and the natural world. She was a naturalist ahead of her time. She was also a brilliant musician and composer credited with the first opera. Approximately 80 of her compositions survived and the recordings of them are available. And she wrote chants for female singers. Another thing that people were like, why are you letting women sing about how they're god and she's because i like it oh yeah yeah she got excommunicated in the last few years of her life barely got restored because she was going around you men in the church suck my ass like she was going around just like laying it on them and they like didn't like it so here's the thing saint thomas aquinas this goon who's yeah women suck like he gets canon yeah he's he's another one that's getting a windmill when i get up there well so he's yeah women are like really pretty but they're like not meant to do anything except serve men so 30 years after he dies he gets canonized it takes hildegard a thousand years for the church to finally be like, yeah, she was important. It's Bro. wild. It's so bad. But yeah, so she and she was going around, I think, saying some controversial stuff too. Like she was like, yeah, women should be able to like enjoy their own bodies. She was like, men, yeah, forget men. She but she's like, there's no reason a woman should have to worry about hanging out with herself. Yes. So I'm like, Hildegard's out here, like just spitting every single time. Everything she Whatever. says, I was like, yes, girl. I don't know. But that's what it's like such a breath of fresh air in the Middle Ages when men were still deciding if women had souls or something and Hildegard's yes. like, well it's like, actually I have something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. But these days, right, everyone no one likes Catholicism for good reasons, but also for dumb reasons the oh they're pagan which is who I, I, what do you mean we have okay but I've, so if I've you say there. hey so you, <laughs> saint hildegard said this you'll get people being like only jesus matters and it's okay yeah <laughs> it's fine it's oh my god <laughs> yeah so <laughs> can't have a conversation with people like sometimes uh, oh god uh, <laughs> but honestly i am surprised that hildegard didn't get nabbed for witchcraft because if you, you i remember so many stories of doctors like these men doctors just being like dumb as dirt and they would be, like, be putting leeches on people to heal them and they would not get better obviously so they would go to the village witch who was like yeah here's like a tea i made out of some shit i found outside and they would get better because like medicine exists and so they'd be like how are these witches doing this it's like because they still do that in africa all the time <laughs> Which, well, it's, but it's like you guys yeah. the plants have things in them like aspirin came from willow bark come on yes come on so it's lots of oh, it's just a lot of people who hate ladies that's all it is people are fucking crazy anyway <laughs> <laughs> um yeah 
Yeah. Oh, the other thing was, so she kept her visions a secret for a long time. She didn't tell anybody. But then she got sick, and then she was like, I might as well spill the tea about my visions. So she told us... <laughs> she told the pope and the pope was like girl write that down she's like, no problem so she started writing everything down she even painted portraits of herself experiencing visions she okay and this is a quote also from this book she literally saw solutions to medical and theological dilemmas like you're just saying and she also literally saw a future where women were honored and respected she saw biblical fi- figures angels demons and ancient pagan goddesses in her visions she had visions of god whom she perceived as possessing male and female aspects so we go back to that whole androgyny thing again because it just makes sense but i'm not gonna go into it again um, <laughs> like, it just makes sense. If he's omnipresent and he's everywhere and he's everything, then why would he have a gender? It doesn't make sense. But whatever. Yeah, like, why would he limit himself? Oh, God. Yeah, it's... he wouldn't limit himself if he's limitless. Okay, I'm but not... it, that's, like, that's what I say. Like, oh, people are like, yeah, women are in God's image, but don't let him do anything. I'm like, why? why? Like, why are you just going to cut half a God off? And <laughs> if he invented this whatever, like, why would he? Okay. I just say he because that's what I'm used to, but I don't really think that. Just know that. Okay, everybody? Yeah, no. Yeah. It's the one thing I've learned about divinity throughout time is that they will absolutely come to you however, like, you will best yeah. perceive. So, like, Gabriel, everyone sees Gabriel as, like, a girl angel. I always see Gabriel as a dude. It's entirely up to what will... Because they don't have time. They're like, listen, I don't care. Girl, boy, what what color am I wearing? I don't care. And then they just pop in. They got more important things to think about. I know. And I have one request of angels. Please don't come to me in your... Spin. Weird eyeball form. Uh, I'm going to get nervous. I've so only it- had... Yeah, I've only had angels a few times be like, shut up. And then they just put the whole eyeball thing out there. And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm so sorry. Just pretend you're people or look like people and I'll be fine. But... The whole I've never seen a spinning eyeball or a thousand tongues or whatever because I can't and they know me so they know I can't handle it. Thank you guys. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like we know our girl. She can't do this. I'm like thank you. So at the age of sixty, our girl went on tour. God told her to get out of seclusion. He said, "Stop sitting in the convent all day, girl. Everybody needs to hear you." And she's no problem. God, I'm on it. So she went. On tour up and down Rhineland, aka the German territory at the time, lecturing to packed houses of nuns and monks. And she was just like you were talking about before, Sarah. She was considered herself a female warrior. And she said, actually, I think that women are more spiritual than men, which reminds me of <clears throat> if you go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. You'll see that the men's section is much bigger than the women's section. And people are like, oh, that's just discrimination. But actually, it's a fact that the belief is that women are closer to God than men. So they don't have to pray as much. So they're like, oh, you guys don't need as big of a space because you don't have to do. These men are a hot ass mess. They need to be praying constantly. They're like, ladies, you just come when you're done. Dang. I don't want to say one's more spiritual than the other, but it is very much like... You look at the world and you look at who caused most of the problems and you Hello. Oh no, guys. <laughs> Sorry. There might be some work to be done here. <laughs> Actually? So-, so she also did something. Another thing. She was really a pioneer. Another thing women didn't do then was... A lot of women, you don't really see it now either, but how many times do you see exorcisms done by the church? But it was, she did exorcisms. She even did one where she was like, you go get seven priests to come. Just because I want them to see what I'm about to do. That's literally what she said. Oh my God. She said, I don't need help. I just want them to see me do it. Just sat into a chair and be like, you watch now. <laughs> Guess you what? Watch. 
I'm like, Hildegard, you're my queen. She was such um, a boss, dude. She would just do this shit. And like, this would got her in trouble at the end. But yeah, she would just go out and be like, I don't care. Witness. <laughs> She's watch me. Hold my beer. She was German. She loved the beer. She, so during her life, like at the end, it got bad where she was being accused of stuff. But in the before that, people were just kind of like shitting on her, but also because she was like friends with the Pope. So like how much shit are you going to talk about this lady when she's friends with the Pope? You can't talk too much. At the end, people started to be a little weird about it. But so she actually had a lot of miracles happen after her death. And one day I'm going to do an episode about how people become saints just because it's interesting. But the part about she never officially became a saint because apparently they kept trying to start the process, but it took so damn long that they couldn't like <laughs> so he but they the church officially said in 2012 pope benedict ugh, pope benedict said that he said it's fine you guys can think of her as a saint we can venerate her because she has an equivalent canonization oh and then she also was labeled a doctor of the church which is a big deal yeah <laughs> yes no yes. Let's, let's say it took a thousand years but doctor of the church <laughs> It's such a baller title. It's like, yes. they're saints and that's great. But Doctor of the Church means she contributed some intense and important stuff to the church yes. overall's uh, doctrine. So it's, bitch, yes. You know what I mean? Like, all these people are like, oh, but it, that's just a saint. She molded this a little bit with her yes. teachings. Okay. She did. And she, and if you like history, you might think to yourself, she was in the Catholic Church, but she was German. This is way before Martin Luther and shit. So just remember that. They were Catholic at this time. Yes, she was a doctor of the church. So me, a doctor, there's only like 37, I think I read, doctors, people considered doctors of the church. And this is a title given by the Catholic Church to saints recognized as having made a significant, like you just said, significant contribution to theology or doctrine through research, study, or writing. So obviously she did because she did mad cool shit. And she was, a lot of different popes have acknowledged her as being just super relevant and super great person that was part of the church and brought so, so much. Like even the study, even scientists saying she brought so much just to the study of science because she wrote down all that herbal shit that I guess nobody had really... And that's the other problem when it comes to quote unquote witches and stuff like that. Like you said before, a lot of these knowledge was handed down through women healers. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. It wasn't usually men. It was women. Why? Because women had babies. Women had the taking care of kids yeah, and who got sick and shit. They, they already, need to know that. Yeah, they were yeah. cooking and stuff too. So if you go out and forage for something to eat, I mean, you can forage for like plants too, mm -hmm. drink and tea. Like... They just knew stuff because they had always been harvesting these certain materials for whatever reasons. But actually, I just watched a whole video from Esoterica on YouTube, who is really cool. He's a mm -hmm. rabbi and a professor, I think, that does this kind of stuff. But they yeah. talked about how, like, even at, like in the 1500s, like this one German dude was like, why are we burning all these women for witches? Meanwhile, like there are court magicians like John Dee and stuff who are like doing astrology and like all this stuff. And they're just, they're fine with all their fancy angel magics and whatever. But this oh, woman like... who's, I don't know, just minding her business. Yeah. But what do you, okay. So yeah, there was a lot like, oh my God, Christian ceremonial magic and court magicians is like a whole nother thing. Queen Elizabeth had a court magician and no one talks about it. I've got to read all about that now. Thank you for my next rabbit hole. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, going it's on. a lot. It's so annoying. Everything it's, about history is so annoying. It's so annoying. Literally, that's like... Every time I read stuff, I'm like, what? Like, this is why... I, I love... I love history... 
because it's out people say oh it doesn't matter because it happened so long ago it matters because if you read it it's bonkers like so many things happen and you're like huh what and then the reason people i feel like people would be less a mess if you read history and you understood why we do things it all contributes to why we do things the way we do them why we're mad about the things we're mad about now why certain people are mad about like certain things and certain people are mad about different things it's all historical context so if you understand that it also bridges a gap between different types of people because you can understand different people and why this person might be mad even when it comes to and i'm not, not going to get into it but even like the american political system and why certain people in the south in these conservative areas think this way and why these like it makes sense when you see it historically it might not be right but you can understand something right and even going back just to our conversation about the different types of christianity like when you know history and not just again you see this on witch talk all the time and now like i feel like i have to be careful around this because i am i id as a christian but like i look at the pagan side of witch talk and i'm like y'all need to read a book like you got you guys gotta need like, three books actually because they just say the most inane ahistorical nonsense and it's like guys when you actually study the history of christianity as a religion how other people viewed them like the roman empire before and after it was like then you understand that you're not mad at christianity you're mad at roman imperialism really yeah. is the biggest problem so it's i don't know i just i've seen people say that like santa is actually odin and like all this kind of just crazy oh, yeah, shit that's not true guys um, <laughs> no, like Sleipnir is actually the one pulling the sled. No, baby, like what? No. So I, I'll every year we have the same conversation that no Easter is not stolen from oh, paganism. Oh, that's the other one. Like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. Every year we have to have this discussion about how actually Nazis were on that train. So don't be on that train if you're not a Nazi. Like the whole thing, every single year. But they keep doing it. They and keep also doing it. the thing, the conversation that I don't want to have anymore. Is that like we can all just collectively understand that there are certain holidays that line up with certain pagan holidays for specific reasons, and, like, and it's, it's fine. It's, it's, and it's fine. Like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Like, literally, I remember someone put it so succinctly. They're like, "Guys, no one culture like copyrighted a spring festival, <laughs> please, right? What do you? It's this fine. Way, like, like Passover is a spring-centered thing because it happens in the spring. Easter yeah. follows Passover because that was Jesus's last meal. Was the Passover meal like? It's not about some random ass bunny rabbit and like the, some goddess Yoster who has one source that doesn't even hold up. Please. <laughs> and also, it's just fine. Like, just yeah, don't and, and too, worry. Like, yeah, it's almost like this is another thing. Again, the ahistoricism. Um, the way people talk about Christians has me thinking that they I they visualize them coming off a spaceship. That like Christians just booped in here and there they were. And it's not as a religion spread. That one person who was celebrating the spring equinox as a pagan yesterday Mm -hmm. is now celebrating Easter as a Christian today. It's the same person. So they're not going to forget. They're not going to forget 25 years of custom and tradition. No. In in one day. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, it's the same way how all over the world people celebrate. People who celebrate Christmas have different cultural themes around christmas they do different things culturally because of their culture it's literally yeah. fine there's only yeah, like, like but christmas trees yeah because people decorated trees so let them decorate trees who cares and it's like, actually really funny it's actually really funny is that it's actually martin luther like protestant martin luther who came mm. up with christmas trees that that oh i didn't know like, yeah so he made the story goes that like he was looking up at the stars and saw them through the pine tree branches and he mm. thought, wow, this is really pretty. So he cut down a tree, put it in his house, and put candles in it, because that's really fire safe. But God. he, Martin you know, he, be careful. He, literally. <laughs> but he did that, and that's where the idea of a Christmas tree came from.
came from because I know sure as hell my people didn't have that. Slovenians didn't do Christmas trees until like <laughs> Austrians and Germans brought it over. Before mm. then, they would whip the shit out of adults with hazel switches. Like kids would go door to door and whip the piss out of you with a hazel switch because it would bring good luck on the winter okay. solstice. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, we didn't keep that one. Where'd that one go? <laughs> Kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like ding dong, a small child just beating the shit out of you with his. So actually, and this is the last thing I'll, the story I will tell. But so my fiance is from Nigeria, and he there's this celebration. It's like a festival in Nigeria where the they dress up in it's called masquerade, but there's a special name for it. I can't remember, but it's a masquerade, and every these people dress up. But some of them it's voodoo so <laughs> it's magic because you can see that i've seen videos and he's seen it too when he was there like they'll put these costumes on nothing and they'll move and you know, oh yeah i've yes, seen that there's yeah. nothing under it so anyway so the thing is you have to keep away because if you look at them in the eye or you get too close they'll whip the shit out of you so it just reminded me of that you will get beat up by these masquerade spirits so just stay away don't go it's not good no, yeah, and like all, the cult- <laughs> all the cultures have that like a, a comparable thing it's not like exactly the same but it's similar enough have you mm-hmm. heard of a uh, krampus the yes, kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah so in austria they, they have a thing called krampus loft which means like the krampus run and mm-hmm. what happens is everyone dresses up as these big hairy goat devils and god forbid they catch you in the street that night they will kick the shit <laughs> and so everyone goes out and they, they play like basically like spanish bull rides basically but these guys are not bulls they have hands they can catch you and they can drag you down the road so it's like the same kind of idea and like i remember at one point austria had to like literally like when there was all the migrants coming and all the refugees coming they literally mm-hmm. had to take them aside to listen <laughs> We did some really fucked up shit around Christmas. If you don't want to do that, you are free to, like, not participate. But keep in mind that you may get caught by a big hairy goat demon if you go outside. And these poor families were like, what? (laughs) 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 was so bad. So I was like, oh, I hope that went well. Like, imagine not knowing and you go out to get milk and then, like, here comes this giant hairy demon with a big red flaming tongue. And you're just like, oh. You're like, oh, part of this. Interesting country. And this actually made the news the other day in Nigeria again. There's this one festival celebrated by Yoruba people. And if other people... So in this festival, it's like a cleansing kind of situation for the year. Mm. So they go down the street. There's a special group of men who are part of this celebration. Now, nobody is allowed outside during the hours that these Jews are outside. The problem being is if anybody else from not that ethnic group wants to come outside... It's a problem. Yeah. Everyone's pissed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's damn it. Yeah. So that's why I'm like wonder sometimes how like these refugees felt as they're being told that hey, the street's full of demons on Christmas. Sorry. Like I know they're like so, what? Oh Welcome my god. Austria. Yeah, right. So, but that's what I'm saying. It's inconvenient for everybody because you think it And the same Slovenia has something similar around Easter. Not Easter. Mm-hmm. It's actually around Ash Wednesday. So Mardi Gras, like that time in Eastern Slovenia specifically, is like this big festival where they dress up like these weird like bird dudes with mm-hmm. horns okay. and they have big cowbells on and so they scare winter away by being super noisy but they will also probably kick you up a little bit and also they will go door and accost you for sausage and beer and so oh. it's just yeah like they'll knock on your door they'll be like where sausage and so you give it to them and then they shake their bells and they scare winter away and then they run off to rob the next house so we just be doing the shit dude. Like, this is why i love learning about different cultures because Every single culture in the world has some weird shit that when you ask, you're like, what? And this is why, 
this is why you can only ever judge a culture by its cultural standard because yep. that shit sounds weird to me but then like when like in my culture we have like i said there's a stool that's in ghana that has part of my soul in it and i full heartedly believe that <laughs> yeah there's, there's so this is where i really feel like it connects people right because it's all oh, we in nigeria we have these like spirits that dance and move on their own and in austria we got whole ass demons <laughs> so <laughs> hey <laughs> yeah and, uh, and like we have weird folk tales so like, there's a folk tale about a fish that was going to drown the world and jesus said hey don't and so it didn't like <laughs> So that's the Slovenian folktale about the fish that Jesus was like, hey, reconsider. Thanks. He's like, oh, and, and the fish, went is, back to the fish is like, yeah, literally. He's like, okay, yeah, that's a good argument there. So I'm like, this is just a weird ass like folktale. I don't know. There's so many things that like, I feel like because it's everything's modern now too, like they, they get away from it. I don't know. Southern Europe is still very religious. So East Northern Europe is like, oh, we're so modern. We're so chic and we're like much better than Europe's always been weird, right? So Europe's always been as a whole hostile to non-Europeans. And then Northern Europeans have always been hostile to like Eastern and Southern Europeans. So it's very yeah. weird, right? If you're Slavic, if you're Italian, if you're Greek, they're just like, ew. Which is, it's you are weird. weird. Yeah, it's like, this, this, <laughs> England does Calm not get down. to speak. Germany does not get to speak. Shut. I don't know. Oh. We're all modern and we all don't do this stuff anymore. So now you miss the fact that everyone has some crazy shit going on in their culture. And we're exactly. all people doing weird things. Like, and it's, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah it's like, that's why, like, the thing with the little bird people, that's, that's Mardi Gras. So everyone's yeah. dressing up. They, like, parade a big witch statue through the street because there's, like, a story of a witch. Oh, my God. This is a little just quick story. <laughs> There was a hill in Slovenia where there was smoke coming up for whatever reason. So they thought, oh my God, witches must live up there. So they found a cave. <laughs> they tried to put a boulder in front of it. And then the boulder rolled down the hill and like smashed a house. Oh and no. And they were like, oh. So yeah. And then they're like, never mind. Carry on, ma'am. Oh no. So, dude, I could tell you so many stories about my people doing dumb stuff. Like just insanely stupid things. <laughs> like, I think, like, yeah, every culture has some stuff that everybody would be like, what like oh, yeah. why do you Every, do that everybody no. we just do that that's what we do it's not a problem um, <laughs> so now they're like they parade like a, a statue of that witch through the street on whatever and they're like here's our witch who broke our house so, yay <laughs> oh my god oh that brings us to the end and i'm so glad we got to end with the witch who broke their house but sarah where would you like people to find you on the internet yeah, so I can, I'm everywhere, honestly, but if I do the most of my stuff on TikTok and on all of my, I got YouTube, I got Twitter, I got Instagram, and I always have the link in my bio that has all my stuff. If you want to get to my author website, see my writings, book a tarot reading, whatever, that's all there. If you want to go see my Patreon or anything else I got going on, it's all in there. It's all oh. just like neatly packaged, so... <laughs> That's great. And all your links will be in the show notes. So if anybody wants to find Sarah, you'll be able to find her. It'll be very simple. Like she said, it's neatly packaged. You can find it. So I just want to thank you, Sarah, so much for being here and having a great, fun conversation about some of this stuff that could probably be not Hildy because we love her, but narcissism could be boring, but you made it fun. So it's fine. There's a lot, yeah. But it's a no. lot. It could be boring and confusing, which it still is a little confusing, but we made it a good time so everybody thank you guys too for listening so this again we're dying with the divine on instagram and facebook maybe tiktok if i figure out how to use it and then you can like us you can subscribe you can so you always get notifications when you'll get the podcast and you can give us a five-star rating on any channel and if you want to follow me ashley i'm sankofa h-s-a-n-k-o-f-a-h-s on instagram and sankofa healing sanctuary on facebook and i think that's it so 
everybody have a wonderful week. Bye.